Hello and welcome to Canaan Rinse Sound of Play 298.
Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favorite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. And joining me, Ryan Heyman, in Sound of Play 298 is our friend from our uh, friendly neighborhood, uh, I don't want to say sister podcast, not on the same network, but we certainly have a lot of uh, a lot of history, uh, <laughs> a lot of parallel history, parallel play yeah. going on together. <laughs> you will know the CG Shoko. I believe the rebrand has the, yeah, that's quite close enough. Yeah, that is uh, Mr. Sean Bell. Hello, I'm a, I'm a bit. I, I forgot this was going to be episode 298, and I feel like I feel like I should have been <laughs> saved for the grand three zero zero. Um, I assume you've got something. Have you got something special planned, or can you not say? We usually do. Things are <laughs> potentially a little bit different <laughs> at this point, but I don't know if it's my place to let the cat out of the bag just yet. So we will have something for 300. We do something every 10 uh, shows that's a little bit special. And then Mm -hmm. every 100, we typically get um, Leon, Jay, and I back together again from like the first episode crew. Mm. I don't know if we're going to be doing the same thing, but we'll have something in store for 300, I'm sure. Cool. Uh, But anyways, uh, thank you for for joining us on 298. That is... um, is it is it frustrating being that close to a momentous show it is a <laughs> or bit. is it like yeah it's, <laughs> it's like well in two weeks something really good's gonna happen but not now no, it's, it's just the run-up <laughs> cool well how have you been lately what is your your gaming life personal life have how's everything been coming together yeah i mean not too bad aside from obviously barely leaving the house that's not, not brilliant um yeah. we'll talk about that with one of the songs i've picked later but yeah, I mean, can't complain overall. Um, gaming wise, I mean, I you know, I got an Xbox Series S, and it just it, free games just keep appearing on it. It's brilliant. That's a <laughs> gross oversimplification, obviously. But yeah, between that and the Switch, it's it's been a very good time. Everyone keeps moaning that there's no new games coming out, and I don't get it because I've been playing loads of new stuff, and it's been really nice. <laughs> I understand things are getting delayed and what have you, but I don't know. I'm I'm doing okay. Yeah, I've got totally. plenty to do. I mean, I guess like if you're if your gaming life revolves around triple A's, like obviously yeah. we are in a little bit of a lull. I mean, there mm-hmm. still have been, you know, an excellent Hitman game. There's been a brand yeah. new shorter Mario game. There's been Outriders and, and stuff like that. But uh, it, the indie space has been exploding just like it always does. Exactly. You know, if you're subscribed to Game Pass or even PS Plus has been stepping up its game, which it's been... Uh, <laughs> been lacking for a few years before the launch of the ps5 but it's really kicked back into gear now so mm-hmm. uh, plenty to play as far as i'm concerned and hey any chance i get to catch up on the backlog without feeling um, <laughs> unhealthily psychologically compelled to yeah. keep spending on new stuff is, is fine by me mm-hmm. so um speaking of we have a game from uh, one of the subscription services which has been uh, continually supplying us with with new games, um, you you bring in an uh, Apple Arcade game yeah. into the mix here. Um, yeah, so this this is uh, You're Hired uh, from Winding Worlds, um, composed by Dabu, who I believe is uh, the audio director um, at Co-op, uh, the developer. Hmm. And so this was, it's essentially a, a puzzle game where all you do is you wind things from left to right or up and down, um, and that's kind of it right you're you're this little character walking around on planets and solving puzzles and helping people out and stuff and the the actual interactions with it are very simple but the presentation of it is just absolutely gorgeous and the soundtrack is a huge part of that it's like i i I picked this track because it's like the way i play apple arcade stuff like obviously apple arcade is a, a kind of a weird service because you could play it on your phone or a tablet or a tv 
whereas I just play on an iPad, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, like there's there's a huge you know range of stuff on Apple Arcade, but to me, I'm I tend to play things that feel like sitting down with a good book or how I imagine that feels because I don't I don't really have the attention span for reading, <laughs> right? And <Yep>. this <laughs> and this game and this song particularly sort of makes me think of what I imagine that, you know, when people say, oh, you know, like that, that sort of really nice comforting feeling of curling up with a good book. And I'm like, no, I don't know that. But this song reminds me of what I imagine <laughs> that feels like. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I just think it's absolutely gorgeous. I played a bit of this game. I tried to give everything on Apple Arcade like a chance. Mm-hmm. And so Tons this is of it one though, that isn't I, there? There's so much of it. Yeah, there's a lot of games, but they still do a pretty good job of kind of curating for quality. So I don't feel like yeah. any of them are really just wasting my time. There's a few that I really just didn't care for, but mm-hmm. I think it's more just a matter of taste than objective quality. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and there's other games on there that I actually wanted to include here, but um, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you've played South of the Circle, like the soundtrack. Yes, that is I get incredible. that one mixed up with, uh, what is the other game that's very s- oh, over the uh, Alps? Over the Alps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. South of the Circle <laughs> is the one where the, it's kind of like rotoscoped animation. Is yes. that right? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, beautiful soundtrack, but they haven't released it yet. You can't, you can't even listen listen oh, to okay. it separately from the game anywhere as oh. far as i'm aware apparently they are working on it but um, but yeah um yeah winding yeah, worlds was just a, over the new year yeah it's very good but um yeah winding worlds was just a, a lovely time um and just a real sort of you know i don't often bother putting the headphones on when playing ipad stuff but for this i did and it was totally worth it it's got that thing uh that you see in uh games like kentucky route zero where it kind of strips away layers of of things unless you kind of mm. peer inside like diorama like yeah uh, certain aspects of its environment and and that's always really cool i mm. like that it's kind of using the same screen space and showing kind of different layers of things yeah, um, yeah, yeah. if you're into a good a good book like experience on apple arcade you should give uh what is it called tangle tower ago oh yes yeah played and finished that's great it's very it? very good yeah, with yeah. an excellent soundtrack as well <laughs> And really good, uh, really beautiful character animation as well. The way, I, yeah, like I, yeah, I great sort of designs. Noticed how how good it was, and then when I saw, was it the developers do like a big uh, Twitter thread about um, how the animation system worked? And yeah, oh, was, possibly that yeah, would be really interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, good game. Some great stuff. That was uh, you're hired from Winding Worlds on Apple Arcade. You could play now on a series of devices. Not on the device called Series. I'm sorry, that's so confusing. I still really don't like that name. Shouldn't burn bridges. They're my employer. All of our decisions are good decisions. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, let's go into another recent game. This one came out last year, so to speak. Um, this is from the Demon Souls remake. This is a track that um, was obviously adapted from the original Demon Souls called One Who Craves Souls. And um, this version, which Bill Hartstapat did a a really nice glow up of this piece, um, adapting, you know, actually there are some some tracks that sound way different and some that kind of preserve the original energy really well. Um, this one is kind of falls into the, the latter camp. Some of the like the, the piano sample especially sounds like it was almost like straight out of the original mm. Demon Souls, but just the amount of kind of build up and ascension and the the size of the orchestra, like the grandeur of this piece really elevates it above the original recording. I mean, I played the original, but I barely remember it at this point. So this is sort of rearranged. It's not just 
like let's just right. re-record everything with more money it's like a re- <laughs> like a proper sort of reworking of it yeah yeah and yeah. It, it's uh, like i when i saw you'd pick this i was like oh no it's gonna be horrible but it's not really i mean in places <laughs> but it's you forget that like demon souls is like uh, aside from the horror stuff it's also just a really sad game as as <laughs> with a lot of the the souls stuff and I, yeah i think that comes through here this uh, yeah the say that main riff is that that's probably not the right word that's probably <laughs> motif disrespectful to the yeah. classical <laughs> yeah the, the the main motif that goes on here is uh almost kind of saccharinely achingly beautiful um in the same way that you would hear like a main line out of like ori and the will of the wisps or something just kind of stands out as like uh you know just the way that this this short phrase is written really kind of mm-hmm. hits me in the gut but mm-hmm. you know it doesn't rest on that if you know everything kind of built up around it goes on to support and elevate it it's a really really beautiful song and it, and it does go places as well like it, it has you know peaks and valleys and it really kind of mm. tells a story throughout yeah, um, yeah. was uh, really pleased with this one good soundtrack overall uh, i definitely recommend checking it out even if you feel like you kind of have the the score of things from uh, the original demon souls release as i said mm-hmm. there are some tracks that are very very different did people kick off about this stuff? Because you know what nerds are like, and I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't recall people um, complaining about any changes. But I, I saw more complaints about changes to the like visual aesthetics, right? Yeah, than the yeah. music. Uh, I think people. I I wonder how far down this road I want to go. I don't think the Souls <laughs> music is like is especially legendary. <laughs> like mm. you know, I think there's a few tracks from souls that really stand out you know the gwyn lord of cinders and majula but yeah. like i don't i think a lot of souls music kind of it kind of fades into one another mm. so i don't know if there's like i don't think there's that same level of like you know preservative uh, preservative reverence as there would be for a final fantasy or a kingdom hearts or something yeah. where the music is more kind of integral to the experience yeah yeah totally but i always like reinterpretations you know let me see mm a work from an, a different artist's eyes and ears. And, well, exactly. Uh, and the original's still there. So. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, One Who Craves Souls from Demon Souls 2020.
Right, getting into another 2020 track from an excellent soundtrack. And I, I kind of, I feel sort of bad bringing this out again because I know you had Barry on and he did, you know, you played a bunch of songs from this. So this is uh, mm-hmm. Welcome uh, from Paradise Killer by uh, Barry Epoch Topping. And um, I mean, you, you basically, you can't end this show until like every, like every track from this soundtrack has appeared at some <laughs> point. It's going to be like the Hollow Knight soundtrack, right? Where it's just over time, People are going to sort of be like, you know, because, you know, when, not to pull the curtain too far back, but when you, you know, you're prepping your your choices, you always like, you know, control an F on the spreadsheet that has the, you know, the full database mm-hmm. for every track that's ever been picked. You start, you know, there are certain games where you, you're running out and this is going to be one of them over time. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> but yeah, this is um, the music that plays on the title screen. I mean, th- this soundtrack is like, I mean, obviously, it's brilliant anyway. Um, everyone knows that. I don't think I know anyone who doesn't like it. But it particularly, like, I found it was just brilliant for, like, when I'm driving. It's just an excellent driving soundtrack. And especially mm-hmm. in a year where getting out of the house was a rarity. Like, so this soundtrack is sort of really closely linked now to the times I was able, like, I had a, you know, a valid reason um, for getting out and driving somewhere else for a while. So it's, yeah, it's really sort of burned into my memory for for that reason. But um, I mean, I've picked this track uh, purely because when I first loaded the game up and I was like, right, I'm going to play Paradise Killer. I can't wait. Everyone says it's amazing. And I think I left the title screen looping for about 40 minutes 
before I actually started <laughs> the game because I, <laughs> I was like I was going to sort of play it on one screen while I was like also working on stuff on another screen. You were farming Steam cards. There's no shame <laughs> in that. <laughs> Um, and I was going to sort of flip between the two. And then I was just like, ah, oh, no, I'm just going to leave this on and just do some work <laughs> and have it on in the background because it's incredible. It's like, you know, it's obviously, it's the most laid back um, song on the <laughs> soundtrack. There's you know, no percussion or anything. And and it's only sort of later on you realize it's, it's following the same chord progression as like the main theme as well. It's, you wouldn't really associate yeah. the two to begin with. And then you sort of, when you're, the sort of the little sort of piano bits come in, you're like, oh, that's the the lyrics from the... <laughs> the main theme mm-hmm. it's it's beautifully done it, you know it's one of those tracks where I'm, I'm pretty sure there's like a 10 hour looped version on youtube which is kind of all you need to know uh, <laughs> it's just one of those yeah I, I love the uh that main theme um i i, I don't know if i should be talking about this because it's not something that obviously i'm going to be able to distribute to people but <laughs> barry was nice enough to send um send some kind of audio uh, stems for oh, yeah. the main theme for the uh, the big kind of 2020 remix that I did last year. It was the <laughs> song that kind of ended up capping off the entire remix and closing off the show, essentially. Oh, amazing. And so, um, you know, just to make the transition into the, sh- the song a bit easier, uh, he was able to send across some stems. And mm-hmm. I, I really love picking apart like stems from songs and hearing each instrument individually because mm. You know, we take in music and we hear it all kind of as one big chunk and we don't really pay it much thought. But if you really listen into what each individual instrument is doing, especially in isolation, sometimes it's almost unrecognizable to the original piece. It's like if I was a bass player, like I wouldn't have thought of bringing the bringing my run of notes up that direction or down that direction like it it's just like a different way of thinking and it's so interesting to kind of like reverse engineer kind of back your way into those choices that seem to an untrained musical ear kind of counterintuitive but then how it all comes together um in the end is is super fascinating yeah and because often you can you can pull a song apart and there can be elements that in isolation sound genuinely bad um, mm-hmm. yeah. until they're you know thrown in against everything else or, or you know like legitimate mistake that just sort of got left mm-hmm. in and you either don't notice them or they sort of or you just assume they were intentional and you're like oh that's a bit quirky but okay and it's just, and then you know you hear from the the composer or whoever that's like oh yeah that was just an error and we just didn't have the energy to re-record it so <laughs> ended up saying <laughs> stuff like that that just yeah you just sort of take as uh, as canon and and you're just fine with it yeah, it's interesting. So this is Welcome by Barry Epoch Topping from Paradise Killer.
have a request from the forum next. This comes from Simon Sloth, who says, Sea of Thieves has become a wonderful bi-weekly escape for our ragtag, ragbag, ragbag. I've never heard it used that way before. Is that a... No. It must be. It's not It's not red underlined here in our documents, so... <laughs> it must be real, then. <laughs> I'm sure it's a real regional equivalent somewhere. I like it. I'll use it from now on. Our ragbag crew of Nick, Darren, and I. In amongst all of the cooking, looting, grog slurping, and emote buying, uh, we've slowly chipped away at the tall tales. It's been a bit of a revelation, in all honesty, as I've been channeling my inner goonie and scratching the escape room problem-solving itch when I'm not deliberately sinking the ship. One of the main quests involves obtaining the Shroud Breaker to pierce through the ominous cloud called the Shroud and find Hidden Treasure Island. This piece of music, Shroud Broken, plays at that very moment and it is amazing. I stood upon the bow of my ship as the visual spectacle, which I won't spoil, well and truly blew me away, feeling like anything was possible. I usually play with the sound down, so it's easier to chat, but in that moment I sat down on the floor in near silence and turned the music up and just thought, wow, a really special moment in a really special game. I've uh, I've only dabbled in Sea of Thieves, but I know that you're a bit of an expert. Do you know this moment as well? So I I don't. We're we're two uh, tall tales away um, from doing this, and I'm I'm very excited. I really can't wait. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna like just cover my ears because I don't I don't want this song spoiling for me when I, <laughs> when I actually do it. But yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited. The tall tales are incredible. Like they're just such a, a good. Um, addition and, and like, I'm glad Simon Soth mentions the sort of escape room vibes because that's totally what we've been getting from it um, and it's the last place you know you'd expect to find that sort of thing you know I know pirate MMO <laughs> mm-hmm. it's yeah yeah they're really stunning well so I guess preemptive potential spoiler alert on this next piece of music and it's interesting because this I mean we'll, we'll discuss this a bit on the next song but so this sort of mm-hmm. takes little um, phrases and, and motifs from other tracks in the game as well, which is really interesting. Because mm. um, again, that it's that some of those are songs that you as a crew can play together on your instruments. And it's oh, nice yeah, yeah. to hear that sort of, you know, reappropriated and, and rearranged into something much more um, grand. It's, yeah, it's cool. Let's listen to Shroud Broken by Robin Beeland. It's great to see Robin Beeland on... On soundtracks these days, <laughs> goes way back to Killer Instinct and Conquers Bad Fur Day. I miss, I miss old rare. <laughs> Anyways, from Sea of Thieves.
another Sea of Thieves journey. I yeah. presume this track has a uh, has a story just like Simon Soth's story as well. Do you have some sort of emotional attachment to this piece of music based um, on the adventures that you've gone on? Yeah, I do. So yeah, this, this might get a bit weird, so strap in. Um, <laughs> uh, this was a song I wanted to choose anyway, and then when I saw um, Simon's pick as well, I was like, right, this will make like an interesting sort of double bill, I guess. So yeah, this is uh, Becalmed by uh, by Robin Beanland from also from Sea of Thieves. As I say, this is you know, one of the songs that you can play if you pull out an instrument in the game. Um, you can, you know, sometimes it will play randomly, or you can choose it yourself. And it's uh, so what I'm trying to remember the timeline now. So this happened initially. I was just playing with my friend Chris, and we just, you know, we we'd sort of come to the end of a session, and we were sailing towards an outpost to sell all our stuff. We just, you know, pulled our instruments out, started playing, and this this was the song that the game randomly chose. Like we were just both like properly like awestruck by it. Like it's it's absolutely beautiful. Um, even though it's just you know like me on banjo and him on the hurdy gurdy or whatever. And we were just like, oh my god, this is like we did, we didn't speak. Um, we just sailed in in silence, just playing this song together for a bit, and then obviously reached the island. And we were just like, oh my god, that was amazing. Like that was so beautiful. And then. What happened next? I can't remember. I think, I think it just became a bit of a ritual then after that, that sort of at the end of every session, we'd all sort of, you know, we'd park the ship up at an outpost, sell everything, and then we would set our boat on fire and then play this song together, mm-hmm. just as, as a way, as weird way of sort of, you know, giving giving the ship its, its own little burial for looking after us for the evening. Um, yeah, and again, there'd be instances where, like, we'd just stop talking and we'd play this song in its entirety and watch the ship, you know, burn and, and sort of sink beneath the waves. And then it'd just be like a bit of silence and then just like, right, anyway, I'm going to go night, night, everyone. And, that's, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> and yeah, and, and like having, you know, just started playing Sea of Thieves over the last year, it's become, um, you know, so the two friends that I mainly play with, it's like, it's been a real lifeline for us in that it's been a game we can play together that isn't just... Like it's not really competitive. Um, it's one where we, you know, every session can be completely different depending on what we feel like doing. Sometimes we can sort of really seriously go after a specific goal. Sometimes we can just sail about, see what happens and get into various scrapes. And it's just felt like a nice place to to hang out. Um, and also, you know, the, the two people I play it with are also fans of escape rooms. So again, sort of discovering the the tall tales and being like, oh my God, these are basically escape rooms. And because of COVID, we can't actually do escape rooms, but this is a pretty good um, replacement for that. And then, yeah, and then it was after playing the game for a couple of months, um, it was uh, games writer Chris Higgins tweeted basically saying like, has anyone seen the lyrics for Becalmed? Because they basically could be about feeling a bit isolated during, you know, the pandemic, mm. which I mean, it's like the version that I've picked doesn't have the lyrics. Sadly, I don't really like any of the versions they've recorded with the singing in them. It's like a bit too polished for obviously, you know, like we were saying, like the Sea of Thieves soundtrack, you sort of, you just want a load of people kind of singing it really badly. Um, but it's <laughs> so basically like, I mean, I'll read the lyrics out. I'm not going to do it justice, but I think just, just for context. So the lyrics are, our ship, she dreams of wind in her sails, of wind in her sails unfurled, and shining as we cross the sea, we cross the sea for home. Then we'll all raise our voices, a song in our hearts, and set our eyes on distant shores with wind in her sails again. They'll be cheering and calling, no more squabbling and brawling, when we have the wind in our sails. When we have our feet on the ground, we'll sow our good fortune around. They'll be feasting and pleasure, no more rationing and measure. 
when we have the wind in our sails. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like my sails are lacking some wind at the moment. <laughs> and it was just like, God, like if I, when I am next on my way to see my friends that I've missed over the last year, and I think about this song, like I'm going to get really emotional, I think, because it just so yeah. perfectly, as I say, sort of with this being a game that we all played um, as, as a way of sort of, you know, like A, just keeping in touch and finding a way to hang out together, but also just generally as a way to sort of, you know, feel all right, despite everything that's going on. And then to find that the lyrics written, you know, two years ago sort of weirdly apply to the current situation was, yeah, just bizarre. So yeah, I I absolutely love this this song. It will always have a weird place in my heart for reasons that were never intended when it was written. But It's excellent. Some more Sea of Thieves, more time on the open waters with wind in our sails. This is Be Calmed by Robin Beanland again. Another request from the forum. Probably a bit of a uh, shift in tone here. I was going to say, enough something completely like to do. different. Yeah. <laughs> um, no written message to go along with this one. Uh, as far as we were able to uh, pull from the uh, spreadsheet anyways, if anything was written on the forum and just failed to be marked down, then we apologize to Marco, <laughs> who 
requests versus Souther, which I assume is a character from Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise. That is the Yakuza-like Fist of the North Star game. Um, because, yeah, this is the, by the Yakuza team. Yeah, they're not to be confused with the Dynasty Warriors style one, right? There was, I think that was a different thing. Yeah, gosh. Uh, I See, I get um, I get the video game adaptations of Fist of the North Star and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure mixed up. <laughs> and so sometimes I think like which one had how many fighting games and which genres were they crossed over with. But uh, yeah, I think you might be right about that one. <laughs> uh, but anyways, it's a uh, very, as you would expect, kind of an action-packed and uh, energetic piece of music. It is composed by Haruyoshi Tomita. And uh, I've not played the game myself, so I don't really have a lot more to add to it other than just uh, just a really great kind of kick-ass piece of music that uh, gets you feeling a bit pumped up afterwards. I like it.
Moving on to a another 2020 track from you. So uh, if I'm remembering certain Twitter posts correctly, I think we might clash over this. Uh, but this <laughs> is um, so. This is overlooking Hyrule uh, Prelude to Calamity um, from mm-hmm. Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. So there's I'm not actually sure who composed this. There's four um, credited composers on this game. Uh, those being uh, Kumi Tanioka, Ryo Uratani, Ryotaro Yagi, and Haruki Yamada. So w- one or several of those, I guess. Uh, this is the map screen music um, in uh, Age of Calamity. Now, I I really liked, like, the, you know, obviously the soundtrack in the first Hyrule Warriors was, you know, very much the sort of obvious uh, coming together of the, you know, mm-hmm. widdly guitars of uh, Dynasty Warriors and Zelda music. And it was, like, brilliantly done. It was, it was really cool and, and a lot of fun. But I sort of appreciated that for this one, they took it in a different direction and they just, they made more music that would not have been out of place in Breath of the Wild itself. But am yeah. I right in remembering that you weren't so keen? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't a huge fan of, and like I was a, I was a big, big, big fan of the original Hyrule Warriors. Like mm-hmm. I've put over a hundred hours into each of the three like releases on Wii U, 3DS and Switch. Mm-hmm. And I have really loved that game for everything that it had. Age of Calamity left me feeling a bit hollow. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't run great on Switch. There is that. It, yeah, uh, <laughs> which I mean, I'm a I'm an Earth Defense Force fan, and so I can't really throw <laughs> stones. But it's it, it felt like it was less felt like it was less structured in a way that encouraged a self motivated forward movement through the game. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like it was just kind of throwing kind of a random assortment of levels at you without without much carrot there to kind of entice you forward other than just yeah kind of, there are more icons now yeah like <laughs> whereas in the in the original game like the story mode was fine whatever mm-hmm. but like the real meat of it was in those adventure maps and i loved you know being able to branch through those adventure maps in in you know different routes like you could really kind of set your own path mm-hmm. every time you beat a squares battle it's a kind of grid based map yeah. and then the adjacent squares open up to you and sometimes you need certain items to open specific squares or to unlock the rewards that are housed within certain squares and so it requires kind of revisiting other battles or uh, really kind of carefully navigating your planning out your your route through the game to you know, maximize rewards and to gain you know the highest level of uh of, of rewards on each on each map and it, it was just like a very interesting and, and very fun uh i mean it kept me busy obviously for more than 100 hours each time so <laughs> uh plenty to do i just i don't know that this one just doesn't really seem like it has that same level of like you know forward push uh keeping yeah. me going and i acknowledge like there's a ton of great stuff about it uh, the characters are animated well the soundtrack is really good the stages are um, I mean, certainly evocative of the Breath of the Wild art style, but um, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of, it, it didn't capture me in the same way. I was yeah, a I mean, disappointed. Like obviously, yeah, describing that mode, obviously in comparison, you know, Age of Calamity is just, here's a map with a bunch of icons on it. It's it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, it's very Ubisoft in, in that sense, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I think the soundtrack's gorgeous though. And this was, again, this is another one that I could just, I would be playing the game and then I would get back to the map screen 
and then be like, I'm just going to check my phone and just listen to this for a bit. I mean, it's one of those that suffers from, obviously, it's had to be written to be looped over and over again, right? Because it's just, Mm -hmm. it's the map screen music. So listening to it in isolation, it has that, you know, that slightly dissatisfying thing of like, it will play two or three times and then just sort of fade out because there's nowhere nowhere else for it to go. Um, (laughs) But I, yeah, I just thought it was gorgeous. And it really reminded me of the Fantasy Star Online soundtrack when that sort of, uh, sort of sort of arpeggiated piano bit comes in just like really interesting chord change um yeah i i love this i really like it i think it's a big step up from the map screens from the original hyrule warriors as well which yeah. because those adventure maps were all kind of nes themed uh, they did like nes covers of not only the original zelda theme but uh, when they incorporated maps that were based on majora's mask or uh, I have Link's Awakening, like they would do kind of covers of yeah. music from those games and cover it in an NES chip tune style. Yeah. And didn't it, did the original do that thing where it was sort of, as you're playing the game, it's like, you know, the full instrumentation, like guitars and drums and everything. Mm-hmm. But then when you paused it, didn't it take away all the the new instruments and you just heard the original? Have I made that up? I can't remember. Yeah, no, I, th- I think yeah, that's accurate thing, yeah. because there's a kind of fan-made soundtrack that I've downloaded mm-hmm. that has like each of those layers uh, separate as well and so you can kind of listen to each track with different ah, cool. combinations of orchestra and guitar typically mm-hmm. uh, with you know more intense drums and everything but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, good soundtrack all around uh, this is overlooking Hyrule prelude to calamity the map screen music map screen is important to get right because you're going to spend a lot of time looking at it and I feel like <laughs> this one uh, this one nailed it this is Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity
Next is another weirdo obscuro pick. This is from <laughs> one of Cosmo D's excellent uh, adventure games. I guess you'd call them. They're kind of like walking simulators that, I don't know, it feels more like entering like a modern art exhibit at a museum <laughs> rather than you know, stepping into a coherent world. But uh, Cosmo D is an indie developer who has released a, I guess, as of yet trilogy of games on... Um, they might just be on PC at this point. Yeah, I think but so. they are called uh, Off Peak, the Norwood Suite, and Tales from Off Peak City Volume One. And um, they're all really interesting and really worth experiencing. I would say there's there are connective elements between them, but I don't mm. feel like everything is obscure enough, and everything is kind of it feels you know modern art, David Lynch kind of dream logic. Um, that kind of powers this world. Like if you're encountering each of these characters, which almost behave more like symbols than they do kind of coherent individual characters, I don't think you're missing out on anything. If you were to just jump into one of the later games versus following Mm -hmm. the series in order, but plenty of references backwards and uh, things that you're going to pick up if you've uh, played the other titles before it. I mean, I I gave this a quick listen, obviously, before we recorded, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "This is too complex for me to make any worthwhile notes before we go in." This <laughs> oh, apologies, There's way too much going on. <laughs> Each of these games uh, play as not only kind of a visual showcase of, and I guess this is really hard to describe and contextualize as well. If you look at videos or screenshots of the games, they are very ugly games, but they're ugly mm. in a way that has like a um that has an aesthetic coherence to it yeah i I guess there's a coherence in the incoherence if that makes any sense like (laughs) it's meant to elicit feelings of being uncomfortable and having your aesthetic sensibilities challenged in ways that feel meaningful yeah yeah i mean we've uh you know i think recently as well hypnospace outlaw oh yeah that's not the Am I blending two titles together? No, that's yeah, Hypnospace Outlaw. That's a yeah, okay. That's a real Rebel game. Galaxy always <laughs> throws me off. I'm like, am I, am I correct? Okay, <laughs> Hypnospace Outlaw um, plays upon kind of the the aesthetic of an aesthetic design from early internet in a very similar way. It creates yeah. things that are deliberately ugly but evoke feelings that wouldn't be able to be explored in a world that is more kind of you know beautifully and you know, 21st century aesthetically rendered. Mm-hmm. So don't let the ugliness of of the games <laughs> put you off. Like there's there's really, really something that's worth seeing here. If you're new to the series and just looking for one to dive in on, uh, Tales from Off Peak City Volume 1, the most recent of the games, is the most accessible. And um, I, I think it kind of makes the best case for the types of art that it's exploring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh as I was going to say, on top of the visual showcase of these games, it is very deliberately as well kind of a musical showcase. And I I don't know if Cosmo D composes all of this music himself or whether he partners with somebody else. Um, this particular track is attributed to Archie Pelago, who I don't know if that's just a stage name a, of aren't they a Cosmo band? D. I Could think be. they're a band. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> They're all very kind of deliberately curated. There's a lot of kind of a lot of kind of modern jazz and and stuff like that. You know, these these games often have a very kind of urban feeling to them as well. And so it tries to kind of evoke that sound of the city. 
Um, there's a lot of real dense layered composition going on here, but I find it to be one of those tracks where if you really just kind of let it wash over you instead of trying to pick it apart and recognize each instrument and what it's doing, it, it really makes for like a, it's like settling into a warm jacuzzi, you know, it's like, um, <laughs> just kind of let it wash over you and, and take it all in and just see what kind of journey it, it takes you on. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think this particular track, it's called Frogophone, is is very, very beautiful. And um yeah, it's one of my one of my favorites from the trilogy. Yeah, just just strongly recommend not only listening to the soundtracks on their own, but just go see them in in context, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a museum, as I've said up front, like every corner of this world has its own aesthetic design and purpose. It feels like exhibits at a museum that each kind of exist in and of themselves. And each one is kind of underscored with a different piece of music. And it just feels so, so carefully curated to evoke like a certain feeling that, um, you know, it's worth taking it all in together. And I think you can get off peak for free. I think it's listed for free on Steam. Okay. Um, Norwood Suite is very cheap. And Tales from Off Peak City is, I think it's like $15 at full price, uh, mm-hmm. regularly goes on sale and is included in the Humble Trove if you are a okay. Humble Choice, Humble Monthly subscriber. So free oh, free ways to access it if anyone is curious. Off-peak is like quite short, but very sort of replayable. Is that right? There's all sorts of yeah. the things to look at if you want yeah, to replay yeah. it and re-examine it. Yeah. There's um, not a lot of interactivity, uh, mm-hmm. not a lot of choices to make, uh, where a lot of games kind of get their replayability from, but... I think there's a lot of context to be gained about the world and, you know, you'll understand the decisions made early on by recognizing the context of how the story has evolved later on in the game. Mm -hmm. So give them a look. But for now, this is Frogophone by Archipelago from Cosmo D's Off Peak.
Again, each of these games probably takes like less than an hour to play through, so very small commitment. Might not fit with each of your aesthetic sensibilities, but I think it's worth worth any kind of discomfort it brings to have that experience. It's, it's great. Well, that's, that's a box quote, isn't it? It's worth the discomfort. That's, <laughs> it. <laughs> that's what you're aiming for. <laughs> I think there have been like a, a number of kind of intentionally challenging to sit through games in the past, you know, games mm-hmm. that either have stuff that's kind of morally questionable, the, the manhunt games or games that are mm-hmm. intentionally a little bit restrictive to play through like Far Cry 2 or Spec uh-huh. Ops the Line, but really kind of bring a different type of experience. This one or th- this series of games in particular, the offbeat games feel to feel very accessible from a gameplay perspective. There's not really any, any of that type of friction, but uh, yeah, it's, just, it's just so weird that, you know, it's, it's uh, <laughs> unsettling, but uh, it's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> it's interesting. Anyways, enough of that. Uh, we have one track left to listen to today, but if uh, if you would like to request a track for a future show, you can go to Playwright... Sorry, that is the other show. You can go to <laughs> canonrinse.com slash forum, where you'll find all of the Sound of Play, Sound of Play forum threads and topics uh, over there. You can tweet us at Canonrinse to, to request one of the tracks for future listening. Uh, please uh, check out the other shows on the network. Uh Rinse is our weekly video game deep dive on uh, Mondays. We have uh, Sound to Play on Wednesdays. We have Playwright on Thursdays, where Ryan Quintel and myself uh, pitch and engineer new video game ideas every week. And uh, The Sausage Factory on Fridays, where Chris O'Regan talks to video game developers. All of that can be found on CanonRinse.com. But more importantly, we have a guest here from the uh, from the long-standing podcasting world, who I'm sure has plenty to promote himself. So, <laughs> Jonathan, what is it that you would like to draw our listeners' attention to today? Um, the computer game show, uh, very originally titled podcast <laughs> about computer games, where every week, um, every Wednesday, in fact, uh, we put up a new episode. Which is, I mean, the format is the you know the typical um you know news and what you've been playing and then questions um but basically we i don't know it's all about the chemistry you know we we've (laughs) Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of infighting um a lot of making fun of each other a lot of picking people up on things they said six months ago and and have since (laughs) contradicted themselves um it's all quite petty but incredibly good fun um so yeah i mean you can find us at tcgs dot co um i mean we also stream on twitch sort of on and off um you can find us on there at tcgs co i, yeah, I think uh, yeah that's about it no no secret side projects these days i've got time so it's, <laughs> yeah that's about it another uh, high recommendation uh fun show consistently highlight of the week every wednesday and oh, recently celebrated an anniversary of your own so congratulations yeah. on that and uh, I think you also have kind of a round number show coming up, so well, we, lots to celebrate yeah. over there. Yeah, we we just celebrated our fifth birthday, as, like as we were just mm-hmm. shy. I think it was like episode two hundred and forty-seven. So I was like, well, yep. wouldn't it be nice <laughs> if the fifth birthday was also episode two hundred and fifty? But we should have just put out some like nonsense episodes just to get the numbers up. It would have been fun. <laughs> I feel like there's about two hundred and forty of those actually. <laughs> Anyways, give or take. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this final track is um, is from another 2020 game. I, I'm very interested to hear your experiences with it because I think more than any game of 2020, people's experiences 
have uh, felt very individual to them. The, the, <laughs> the fundamental game that was put in front of them was uh, potentially very different for each player that played it. So I'm, I'm curious mm. to hear how it treated you. So this track is uh, Isometric Air by Brian Aspey uh, from Cyberpunk 2077. You may have heard of it. It's, yeah, I mean, my experience of the game, um, you know, not to get too bogged down in this stuff, obviously, but so I played it on PC. So I had a relatively good experience in terms of bugs and, and performance and stuff like still obviously a lot of things disappointed me about it and not even necessarily bugs just like you know writing and design decisions and stuff um but i i i said going in that as someone who'd played um you know the pen and paper rpg back in the day or not back in the day but when i was a a teenager in the sort of you know uh sort of early noughties like to be able to just walk around like a world that i had previously only been able to imagine or read about was a huge selling point and you know what by and large like the game lets me do that and it's it's beautiful and and very well put together in in that respect the reason i picked this track is that like as someone who just wanted to be a bit of a tourist in in night city right like so much of the soundtrack is like i don't know it's it's like it, it i feel like it overly focuses on the sort of aggressive gritty like desperate aspects of night city which is like it's a major part of you know what 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 makes it um and i get that but i i just felt like every like almost every track was you know it's just like whereas this track is one of the few that like whenever it came on and i was just driving around i was just like yes this this sort of encapsulates like how i wanted to feel like exploring this game um it's just it's incredibly laid back and beautiful and there's all sort of you know like sweeping guitars and stuff and it's yeah i loved it and i it just thought it was a shame there wasn't more of this kind of thing like i'm glad obviously you know they, they sort of steered away the obvious sort of blade runner stroke evangelist route but i like i found like so much of the soundtrack made me like actively like uncomfortable whereas this yeah when this came on i was just like oh my god i could just drive around forever listening to this and exploring the city um yeah i love it this is cyberpunk 2077 isometric air and we'll uh leave you on that one it's a a nice note to go out on i feel like it's a a piece to put you back in a kind of a good mindset for the rest of the day i always like to have a track like that at the end it's a good kind of palate cleanser but it it still like definitely has that futuristic feel to it you know it feels uh feels it feels reliant on technology it feels like it it's comfortably existing in a world that is in a constant state of of flux and evolution Mm. yeah it's a yeah great piece of music this is isometric air we'll catch you again next week for 299 and then once again for our 300th show in just a couple of weeks here (laughs) 